0: The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter,
1: or Facebook. Are you ready? All
0: right, we have part two for suicide prevention month Uh, the last show we had uh same guest christina boudreau is in studio uh you guys heard her on the show many times she has past shows her testimony is incredible uh wade o'neill he's a pastor here at calvary chapel uh, golden springs and then sean mckeon my co-host you've seen his face many times and heard that voice many times Kind of a legend, man. Uh, that's right here. People, man, I love Sean. <laughs> and the Ryan guy, he's all right. But Sean McKeon, that guy knows every Bible verse. I'm like, that's why I have him on the show. And I would say he didn't do drugs, but this guy, guy's a gift. It's a gift that God has given him to remember. Okay. So anyway, um, the last show that we did, we were talking about, um, it's Suicide Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. And um, we were, were talking about this show, obviously, is a show, if you've never heard the show before um we get the stuff that's taboo and people the stuff that people don't talk about in the church but it's the questions that everyone's asking and this is a forum for us to communicate and talk obviously we always go back to the scripture what does the bible say that is the authority in anything and we pull from our life experiences and everyone has different life experiences and god works differently in uh in our in our lives but we know that all things work together for good for those that love Christ according to his purpose. And he uses the situations he takes us through, and he uses it to, for us to share with people and, 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 and bring hope. And obviously, it's, it's not just about hope. It's about hope in Jesus. Jesus is where we want to point everyone to. The last show, if you didn't listen to it, you need to go back and actually tune it in and listen to it. Because Christina talked about her situation of her going through a suicide and um, how God pulled her through. In this second half, we're gonna talk about the spiritual aspect mm-hmm. of of overcoming, where the first half we talked about them actually going through it. Wade also, uh, he went through a suicide as well. Mm-hmm. And um, God uh, delivered him because the Bible says that Jesus has come to give life abundantly, but the enemy Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. So they're telling um, they're gonna talk about the spiritual side of things. And obviously, Sean McKeon, he actually deals with families and funerals of people that have actually committed suicide. So he is constantly dealing with the aftermath of a situation when it happens. And then myself, I'm on the front lines of things of as far as prevention. I'm in front of kids and students and, and adults and people that are actually... Um, when I'm in schools, I could have like 20 kids come up to me or more that are shre- arms are shredded and they're talking about that they want to take their life or I could be at a church and I have people come up to me and say, Ryan, I want to commit suicide, but I don't want to go to hell. And the one big question that I do want to bring up again on the show is people say, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's pastors and leaders Hmm. and Christians, you know, when someone commits suicide, a Christian commits suicide, they go, oh, they went to heaven. Well, that, that is a false uh, information god is the one that determines who's in heaven and who's in hell i don't know i i'm not god but for us to say oh that guy committed suicide and he went to heaven that is false hope and i would not want to be responsible for giving that false information to people saying oh your 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 family your family's in heaven or or even worse is this is what i'm terrified of is is, is saying something like this is, is giving people a green light to commit suicide. And the amount of people that I'm in front of that want to commit suicide, that's the last thing I would ever want to give them hope in is that if they go commit suicide as a Christian, that they're going to go to heaven. Because that's just a, a pass, endorsing suicide. And I'm going to tell you right now, Satan is happy and excited that people are saying, Oh, Christian committed suicide, they're gonna to go to heaven. Again, let me be very clear on my stance. I'm not God, I don't know who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. So I would not want to endorse that and nor any pastor has the right to say that because it's not biblical, it's not in the Bible and we are not God, God is the final judge and he's the one that decides. So what I would do personally, on behalf of who's in this circle here, is I would encourage you that the scripture says, Jesus has come give, to give life abundantly, and he defeated Satan on the cross, and the Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So what I would want to do, and I say this with all um, my heart, and because I'm in front of a lot of people that are dealing with these things, go to Jesus. People are saying, we need hope, we need hope. Hope is in Jesus. Let's put Jesus in there and not focus on hope. Everyone is focusing on hope right Mm -hmm. now. Hope, hope, hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is hope. Let's talk about Jesus. You find hope, you find love, you find purpose, you find life abundantly in Jesus. So with all that said, let's get back to Jesus. Because he's the only hope in this time. So, when we ended the last show, Sean, um, you were queuing Wade up for something. Why don't you go ahead and queue him up for that?
2: Because I think it's important to note like, you you mentioned it, like, there's an oppression that people face, there's a battle. This is all linked. There's a link to spiritual warfare, the things that we do not see, the Bible tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, And rulers of darkness and when you do leadership when you do ministry sometimes there's a lot of pressures that can be overwhelming as well and we have many things written in the bible of that we talked about david wade gave a lot of good illustrations with job um also think of paul how many times he was beaten and shipwrecked and all the things he went through in his life Um, To me, one of the most... Whenever I talk talk about somebody that's battling with depression or going through a tough time, I always direct them to the book of Philippians. I think it's one of the most encouraging books in the Bible. Um, Paul State, he's in prison. Um, Not in a good place. But he says something that I think some people wrestle with. Maybe this is for the believer too. It's like, okay. And I remember thinking this, I don't want to battle my flesh no more. You know, so Lord, okay, I get it. I've come to you. Now, Lord, why don't you just take me home? I don't want to live... The battle with the flesh and failure. and so there might be something where people that deception where it's like I just want my life to end now and just go be in God's presence. Paul kind of addresses this in the book of Philippians chapter one, where he says like, "Man, there's a desire for me to leave and depart and be with the Lord, but I also know that there is a purpose for my life here, that there is fruit of my labor." And then he kind of, as he's wrestling with this, with this desire to go to be in heaven now or to stay here and continue doing ministry, right? he says this in Philippians one twenty one: for me to live is Christ and die is gain. He answered it and he says, you know what? As long as I'm here, my life has a purpose, I'm gonna live it out for Christ. And when I die, when God takes me home, it is actually gain. And I've always said that those that believe that scripture, man, nothing will stop you in life. What we talked about earlier, I gave an illustration of, of Spurgeon, uh, Charles Spurgeon, who was a man that was used powerfully uh, in the 1800s as a, as a leader, as a pastor. Many things have been written about him. It has been noted that he has battled with um, depression, and he also encourages those that are in ministry that are battling with oppression and stuff. And me and Wade were having this conversation the other day of this chapter that he wrote about. I just want Wade to maybe kind of hit on that because it's linked to the oppression that many of us face and maybe some lessons. I think you look at notable leaders, and I think the temptation is to think that
3: um, they're untouchable, they're unapproachable, and I think if there's anything that is uh, taken away from this time, all of us, the Lord has granted us uh, different spheres of influence in the lives of people, um, but I think throughout Scripture, the the lives in the, in the Scripture, like, people suffer. People are people. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 that he was burdened beyond measure, that he despaired even of his own life. Um, he would go on to say that we're cast down, but we're not con- we're not conquered, right? And so the, the power, and I think, in the life of a guy like Charles Spurgeon was used r- ridiculously, the hugest platform, um, as it pertains to, to people in the history of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not uncommon for him to preach three packed services and go home and just cry on his wife's lap the rest of the night and then get back up and go to the evening service um, because he was in just this battle with depression. So in his book, um, Lectures to My Students, there's this chapter called The Minister's Fainting Fits. And within that chapter, he breaks down why we go through depression mm-hmm. um, as spiritual leaders uh, one of them being just because we're s- the simplicity of that we're just humans we're, we're men we're yeah. susceptible to weakness another is when the Lord has Christina talked about the Lord using her in a, in a tremendous way and at the end of that was like a bout of depression mm-hmm. um, we see that with Elijah we talked about that mm-hmm. and he, God used him mightily at the bottom of that that mountain was about with depression I think of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration on the bottom of that mountain was the demoniac. And so when we have these mountaintop experiences with God where we're used tremendously, we're oftentimes cast into despair. Um, he also talks about like seasons of depression and despair being times of preparation for how God is going to use you mm-hmm. to give you this reality of your humility and who you're not before he puts you in front of people so we're not tempted to touch the glory. So uh, what Sean was alluding to was in this chapter, he, he just gets really practical. And he talks about like the importance of just like taking a walk and like getting some rest and like getting away from like people and things and because you bear the burdens of people, I think uh, who really modeled this was Jesus, right? You see this consistently through the Gospels that whether it was in the morning where the disciples couldn't find him and he was alone praying, or on multiple occasions where he would deci- tell the disciples like, "Hey, let's come aside, let's get away for a minute, let's rest for a while," you know. Um, and so the value of knowing yourself, because if you're not filled spiritually, if you're not okay spiritually, you're never going to be used uh, like to the maximum capacity to minister to other people. You have to build yourself up in the Lord before you're going to be fruitful in the lives of others. Because Christina talked about it, Sean talked about it. Bearing the burdens of like of people is is it wears on you mm-hmm. on top of like the reality of like this dynamic and I kind of swing this conversation to this point of like when depression suicidal thoughts it's all demonic now there is I I would never discount the reality of someone who has been diagnosed manic depression or or whatever that looks like yes there may be you may be seeking help maybe the Lord has led you to that but at the core of it it's demonic and it's spiritual so if we're not waging this warfare spiritually, then there's no hope. You keep uh, you keep quoting John ten ten. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, I have come to give him life and that more abundantly. You look at depression and suicide. Satan is on an all-out attack on life in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. Because we, as humans, we have something that he doesn't. We are made in the image of God, and we have the ability to produce life. He doesn't, right? And so... You look at whether it's suicide, whether it's homosexuality, can't reproduce life, whether it's perverting sex and all that, whether it's abortion. Like He, he hates the fact that we can produce life and we have the ability to produce spiritual life in people and, and multiply ourselves. That's why in uh, Genesis 9, 6, and 7, he talks about us being made in the image of God, so therefore we're not to take people's life. So uh, the enemy is on an all-out strike on life in general right. right he does not have life because he is the bible says that jesus come to give us life and that more abundantly life is found in christ mm-hmm. eternal life eternity is in and heaven is heaven because jesus is there we're in the presence of the lord satan knows that his time is short mm-hmm. and so it's like a funnel right now and he mm-hmm. is like yeah pushing hard on all these issues whether it's depression whether it's abortion whether it's homosexuality whether it's the lgbtq agenda it's Mm -hmm. all this all-out assault on life Mm -hmm.
0: it is 100 Mm -hmm. and when you're talking about um it's it's a spiritual Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. um just looking at the scriptures so we were talking about the demoniac Mm -hmm. and uh so he jesus shows up on the other side of the lake gets out and the demoniacs, it was he was cutting himself. Yeah, he was he was cutting himself. You know, against life again. Yeah. Then Jesus cast the demons mm-hmm. out. They go into the pigs. What mm-hmm. did the pigs do? They went and committed suicide. Yeah. Here's some life stories. Is um, encounters that I uh, came across was I'll show up in New York and basically this guy's like, hey man, I want you to meet with this this, this kid. Um, basically, he uh, he wants to commit suicide and he wants to kill his parents. Hmm and they, they found out um, from his phone that he was looking up ways to commit, kill himself and mm. kill his parents. And uh, so I met with him and I just sat down and I'm, I'm a no-nonsense kind of guy and I just like to get into the, the thing. The, the kid walks up, he looks super depressed, down, looks like a, I didn't see it, but I could imagine that there was just like this dark cloud basically over this kid. And I just sat down with him and I'm like, so what's going on? You know, I heard you that you're being, you're depressed, you know, you're suicidal. And I already knew that the kid was into pornography, mm-hmm. video games, and, and all these all these things. And uh, as I just talked to him over a while, he was just very down, very looking down, not really making eye contact too much. And I just said, "Look, it. I said the bottom line. Am like, do you want to be set free, or do you just want to just be like this? You're 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 not happy. You're miserable. You're depressed. You want to kill yourself." And and if you're involved in pornography, drugs, or any of these things, you're open up these doorways. And I talked to him about in Ephesians 6, how it talks about mm-hmm. the supernatural realm. We were also not against flesh and blood, yeah. right? But principalities and rulers of the unseen world, the rulers of darkness. Like there's like there's different rankings of demons and stuff, you know, that, yeah. that that have assignments, like a military. And I said, basically, this is where you're at, this is what's going on, but Jesus has come to give life abundantly. And I quoted, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I just looked at him and said, I could pray for you right now, and you could be set free of this. And there's there's, there's, there's different, when you talk about people that are dealing with depression and suicide, mm. there's different levels. For sure. And we're going to talk about, this is just one story. So just for the listeners, I'm not saying that every case is like this. Mm-hmm. It's not. So this kid, I go, do you want to be set free? Mm. And I said, I'm going to pray for you right now. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want me to pray for you, you can be set free right now. He says, yes. So I let him in the sinner's prayer to repent of all of his sins. And then I, and I asked the Lord to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And then I just prayed over him. And you talked about this in the mm-hmm. first show about, or you talked about this, where, where Erica prayed over you and she was praying, rebuking the lies that have been you know, said over you and all these other things. She took authority. And that's exactly what I did in this situation. I just said, in the name of Jesus, I pray that any kind of stronghold or any kind of foothold the enemy has on this kid's life in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have to let go and leave now. And I just prayed any lies that have been spoken over, any any things that he's opened himself up to. I pray that you just seal those doorways mm-hmm. in Jesus' name with the blood that was shed on the cross. And I just prayed over him mm-hmm. and that that even over his house, I said, Holy Spirit, go to his house now and just push out any darkness that's in this house. Because see, we have authority. When we pray, it's like, it visually, this doesn't say this in the Bible, but visually, an illustration is like, when you're praying, it's like you're shooting missiles at the enemy. My, my grandma used to sing this song to me. Um, if, uh, come and join the army, get your gospel gun, shoot it at the devil if you want to see him run. You know, it's an old theme, you know, song from like the forties or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's it. We're basically shooting the gun, we're shooting rockets at the enemy and we're destroying the works of the devil. In Jesus' name, I prayed over this kid, dude. Instantly, his countenance changed. Next thing you know, we went into the room to do the, the to do the kill the noise tour. This kid that was literally like not antisocial, go to youth group, not talk to anybody, literally this kid was running around the youth group, laughing with mm-hmm. like joy, and interacting with everyone. And the parents were just literally the parents weren't even Christians. Mm-hmm. They weren't Christians, and they were like, "What happened to my son?" Like this is amazing what like what'd you do what'd you say oh the, the wife was a christian and the husband wasn't mm. and they were the husband was tripping out going what just happened i'm like dude the kid just gave his life to jesus he got filled with the holy spirit and we pray that the demonic stuff that it was over this kid depressing him that heaviness was lifted and now you've seen it it's like you see the story of the demoniac mm-hmm. now that guy was demon possessed this kid was demon-oppressed, and there's a difference.
3: Yeah, you know, the Bible says that uh, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or they're not fleshly, but they're spiritual, and they're mighty in God for the breaking down of strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, for those of you who are listening or watching right now, I, I would say that you have to realize like when you're in war, right? I think one of the greatest things that the enemy can do in a midst of oppression or, or depression when you're having suicidal thoughts is to make you believe it's anything but spiritual uh, because then you're not going to war accordingly. Um, uh, Paul says in Second Timothy that you therefore, my son, must endure hardship as a good soldier of jesus christ and so we need to like admit like okay i'm in spiritual warfare what are my weapons um and we talk about prayer and we talk about the power of the word and we talk about filling our minds with truth and whoever is listening out there and, and you're you're in this place of depression you're in this place of suicidal thoughts i would highly encourage you like purpose in your heart to know the truth of god purpose in your heart to get out of this circumstance and the answer is jesus you have to make this like like conscious effort to say like i'm not going to deal with this any longer and i'm going to let the lord meet me and i'm going to let the lord speak to me and i'm going to like like you christina talked about like going to florida and like letting the lord like she was had the wisdom to like know like okay god has met me in the past i've gone through some like really really gnarly things and god's met me in the past i'm going through some difficulties i believe god can meet me again but i need to be intentional like in this season of my life there's value and christina sharing a little bit of that like like what she went through during that season of like dang like i'm going through something let's kill all the noise right now let's press into the lord and let the lord meet me because we're confident he will
0: yeah, no, one hundred percent. This show is for you guys. You guys are the guests, and I want you guys to do your thing here. Um, at, before she speaks, I would say this about killing the noise. But you're you're basically going to just break it down. Yeah. But I would I would say that when you're going through these things, and you're caught up, and you're watching social media, we talked about this on show one on this subject. If you are still in, inundated of, yeah. with all this information. And you're around this stuff, and you're not disconnecting to let God do that work. No wonder you can never break free of this stuff. Yeah,
3: I, I have a friend that Sean and I know very well. And
0: that's a huge problem. You, they never get set free because they never like get out and, yeah. and disconnect from it. Good.
3: Served in ministry to high capacity, okay, yeah. and he's been transparent with my me, and he's like, dude, like in all honesty, one of the reasons why my marriage ended was because i was constantly comparing my marriage to what i saw in other people's marriage on instagram and like we live in this comparative culture of like my reality sucks compared to what i'm seeing other people on social media and like we gotta understand like instagram is not real it's a snapshot of someone at their best moment yeah and so like But the enemy deceives, you know, and the enemy plays that game of, like, I think a Psalm 73, like, Asaph, like, why is everything going good for those who are not walking according to the will of God? But for me, like, everything is going terrible. And then he doesn't say until he, like, gets away with the Lord. He says, it wasn't until I stepped into the sanctuary of the Lord, then I saw their end. And he's like and then he would repent and say, like, I was a beast before you, Lord. He's like, My my heart and my flesh may fail. God is the strength of my life, and the Lord moves him forward in his life. But like we live in such a comparative culture right now where we're constantly comparing our situation, ourself, to someone else what we think is reality on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and it's just not it's not truth.
0: Christina, before you get into it, I would encourage all listeners spend less time on social media just in general in general you your life will be you'll be happier i mean anyone that knows even that doesn't deal with depression or, or suicide when you're on social media and stuff you get like agitated because naturally you just you're comparing you're seeing whatever other people are doing and and the enemy can work through it just it's okay to use it obviously but literally limit yourself. And if you're dealing with depression and suicide, I would, uh, shut it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go for it, Christina.
1: You know, I, I love that you guys are talking about social media because I think a lot of times people, you know, even being in ministry and in serving the Lord, you know, like a lot of times people could see people that are speaking on big platforms that have a big following that have, you know, a certain image and they could think like, man, like I want, I want that. And if they don't want that in maybe the Christian world, maybe they want that in the secular world. You know, they want to be successful in, like, sports. They want to be successful in – they want to be insta-famous. They want to be all these things. And it seems like everyone's trying to climb this mountain. But then when people get to the top of the mountain, they realize that when the fog clears that it's empty, Mm. that there's nothing up there. And I remember last year, like, for me, like, you know, I have, you know – been to the top of you know even the modeling world and you know ministry stuff and i remember last year getting to the top of the mountain of i guess you know as i don't know doing this ted talk so many people were just like you're so amazing you're so amazing you're so amazing and you could have all the people in the world let's say via social media liking your stuff you know mm-hmm. following you retweeting you um all the people viewing your instagram stories and sometimes you could see people who have all these things and and we're like oh like they have thousands of followers oh they have like this brand they have They've published these books. They've done all these things. Like, their life seems like it's all together, right? But it was literally two days after this big moment that I had that I was in a fetal position in a bathroom, completely losing my mind. And I almost want to tell people, like, sometimes you look at these people on social media, you might follow their blog you might follow Mm -hmm. their ministry you put them up on a pedestal and you think like oh if my life is just like theirs then i will then i will be happy but let me say that i'm one of those people that stood at the top of the mountain that's had influence that's had success and when i got to the top of the mountain i looked around and it was empty i was broken i was lonely which is why you often hear these stories of people when they get to the mountaintop who are having suicidal thoughts and some people actually commit suicide you hear about these people in hollywood you know and even as someone who preaches about hope and all these things like i remember getting to that point and realizing lord You have often reminded me, just like how Roy Hessian said, you know, in his book called The Calvary Road, Mm -hmm. that revival begins with brokenness. And I literally was like, God, I just need you to strip away everything in my life to bring me down to the rawness of what it means to be a daughter again. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, all of the likes, all of when I if I would have picked up my phone that day, two days after my TED talk of, you know, people seeing me do this thing and looked through my text messages, I had literally probably close to a hundred texts, so many people commenting, messaging me, all that stuff. But all of that applause from people did not give me what I needed to stay alive. And I remember when I went to Florida for me, you know, like I believe that my depression escalated because, you know, when the Bible says you need to cast your cares upon the Lord Mm -hmm. and for a long time, I was carrying these things like in a backpack but i wasn't giving them to the lord and depression comes when we carry someone's burden here when Mm. we carry the memory of this trauma here when we carry the pain of this here and we're carrying this thing up a mountain and there came a point where i said god i just can't carry this anymore and so when i went to florida it was literally me just being like god i give you the rape I give you the abandonment. I give you all of these hurts in my life to the point where like my backpack was empty. And I remember um, recently, you know, these last couple months walking through the most painful thing I've ever walked through in my life with what I shared on the last show. And there was such a sense. And I remember there is a pastor who is also a mayor of a certain city in California who called me and said, I've never in my political or ministry career have ever experienced anything like this. Pastor Don McClure said the exact same thing. And I remember Holland Davis, who's a pastor of Calvary San Clemente, texted me one day and he said, I don't know what's happening with you. This is right before I went to Florida a few weeks ago. But he said, I'm weeping for you right now. Because I just know that God gave him a moment of like literally feeling the pain of what I was feeling, you know. And he was like, I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. And I know that in life, like even after going through a season of healing earlier on this year in Florida, that once again in July, I experienced another painful season. So what did I do? I called my best friend. We talked, you know, one of my best friends lives in Florida. She's like, we're going to be
0: going to break right now for two minutes. For all you guys that are listening, go to the whosoever's app, download it. It's free. It has all the past radio shows you could catch, get that and much more. And then don't forget that we're going to be doing a men's conference at the Anaheim convention center. It's going to be with uh, Franklin Graham, Jeff Johnson, John Randall, myself, Jack Hibbs, and many more. The date is going to be Saturday, November 9th at 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Come one, come all. More of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back, back to The Ryan Reese Show.
1: Called my best friend we talked you know one of my best friends lives in florida she's like dude come out to florida for a couple weeks so i killed the noise you know emails muted them text messages muted them calls i'll answer my voicemails when i get back and i went there for two weeks and i opened my heart up to the lord i sat on the beach i opened my heart up to my friend her family their church community there i got poured deeply into the Lord, I just unpacked that backpack of pain, you know, and I gave it to the Lord and I came back and it was like this weight had been lifted off, you know, and depression really is just layers and layers and layers of unprocessed pain. And in this season, I knew what ha- I knew what to do. And I really like cranked out what would take months of healing, but I cranked it out in a short amount of time because I knew that. How to do it because of the last season. And in life, whether you're a leader in church, whether you're a father, a mother, a spouse, traumatic things happen. And oftentimes people, they collect all of this pain in their heart and they don't give it to the Lord. But when I had to go before the Lord after what I just experienced these last couple months, I went before Him in the rawness of my heart. Just like Roy Hessian said, you need to be broken before the Lord. And I was broken before the Lord. I was on my face i wept i went for walks with the lord on the beach i spent a lot of time in the word i picked up a couple great books you know to help me just walk through these things practically i listened to the advice of others and you let it's almost like you let you like you release and then you let god pour into you and it's literally just like this effect but it all boils down to just your intimacy with the lord and honestly Being in the word was the one thing that I chose to do and continue to choose to do in the midst of every season of life. And if you picture your life with the Lord like a tree, my life with the Lord, like my roots, my number one goal every day is to pursue a deeper friendship with God. I don't care what season I'm in. I'm going to get deep in the word. I spend time in worship. I go for walks with the Lord. And the roots of my life had gone so deep. It had gone, say, like, let's just say, for example, 10 feet deep so that when i had a three feet deep worth of like pain my roots in the lord went deeper than my pain i was shaken but i wasn't moved Mm -hmm. and this time around when this thing hit me i felt like i got ran over and i remember i was at a prayer night at like a spanish church and there was this guy speaking and he was talking about the good samaritan and he was like how many of you want to be a good samaritan i was like you know dude I do want to be a good Samaritan right now, but I feel like the person on the side of the road that just got ran over, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, I killed the noise and I went out of state. And I think that there are times in our life, if you're a leader, if you are a mother, father, brother, sister, a child, where if you are dealing with something traumatic that has happened in your life, if you are dealing with depression or anxiety. That oftentimes, like what Wade had talked about, we have pride and we're not willing to say, hey, I need a timeout. And we keep running into battle with a broken heart. And God cares more about us and what we could do for him. So I knew that when this happened over these last couple months, I said, I don't care what photo shoot I have. I don't care what speaking engagement I have. I don't care about what commitments I have. I need to take care of my temple because how can I pour out? if like in a like in a healthy way Mm -hmm. if i don't let god pour into Mm -hmm. me and bring healing because of this you know i've talked to a lot of people even over this last year i've been very honest you know with my friends who are in ministry you know about what i've walked through and they're like And at first, you know, when you're talking to people, they'll just kind of nod. And then I get a text or a call later on. They're like, dude, me too. And I'm like, dude, go talk to your senior leaders. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my ministry. I'm afraid that I'm going to be asked to step down. And I'm like, you know what? I left everything for a few months. Mm -hmm. I stepped down from my modeling contracts. I stepped down and I called my German agency, my UK agency, and I said, hey, I'm going to be unavailable. And I lost those contracts because they're like, oh, well, sorry. I was willing, like what Roy Hessian said, where brokenness is where you're willing to be naked before the Lord, Mm. where you have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to forsake it all for the sake of Christ. Yeah. And if your senior leaders love you, that they would say, you know what, let's take a sabbatical because yeah. I care more about you because you cannot pour a wounded vessel, cannot pour out in a healthy way. No way. And if you are struggling with and it doesn't mean that you're any less of a son or daughter, but it's simply saying that God loves you. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts as a leader, if you're struggling with anxiety or panic attacks, those are all red lights and check engine lights that there's something deeper going on. And it's okay to seek counseling. It's okay to have someone else maybe oversee your ministry for a time. It's okay to say no and kill the noise. And you're not any less human because we all need those seasons in life.
2: important is doing inventory. You made mention of a book. That's an amazing book. Yeah, yeah. Calvary Road is yes. a small book, but it's very power- powerful. Mm-hmm. For those that are listening, I would encourage you to pick it up. Um, Who's
0: it by?
1: Roy Hesham. Roy Hesham. Roy Hesham. I've, I've heard of it.
2: it it's, it's an it's amazing book. book. Because I, I think it's important to do inventory, to be honest before yourself. When you are being poured out and doing ministry, things can be draining. you got to be filled back up. you, you got to be replenished. You need to receive... To be able to give, there's frustrations in ministry sometimes because you're pouring out, and then all the lives that you've invested in, and then you see some of them go back to their old lives. You're like, dude, are you serious? Like, it, it, it burdens your heart. You're like, if all, if what I'm doing is in vain, Lord, like, like seriously, the pressure's too great at times. There's also aspects of where sometimes we take things upon ourselves that God hasn't called us to do. Mm-hmm. We might have the ability to do them, but one thing you have to learn how to do in ministry and in life, whether you're in full-time ministry, whether you're just out there, you have to be able to say no, hmm. no. Yeah. A lot of people put their own pressures on you. They want you to do this, do that, because maybe they, they think you'd be good at that. You've got to really know God's voice. I, be, in the beginning, you're younger, you're doing ministry, people want to use you for this, that, and before you know it, I don't know, I was spread thin. God had to intervene because I'm too dumb to like stop it myself. I broke a le- I broke my leg at one point, I was on my back, you know, there's lessons right. to be learned at that, right. and I wasn't able to do anything, and it was even more prolonged than that. There's a lesson there, yeah. and the lesson that I got during that time is that God gives me the opportunity to do ministry, but he doesn't need me to do ministry. Ministry goes on with or without me. If I can't teach in this particular thing and I can't go through this door, you know, I can't have the pride of myself like, well, then it's not going to get done. No. God will raise somebody up. God, there, there is. If God wants something to get done, He can do it with or without you. Yeah. He gives you the opportunity. He's gonna get it done. Regardless, you know,
3: surrender is a big issue in our lives. And when you're like going through difficulties in life, the ability to say, "Lord, I don't know what the future holds. I'm very fearful about it. Yeah. But I surrender that to you. Yeah. And I'm saying, Lord, you take control of my life. You'll open doors. You'll close doors. But right now I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my life to you. Gr- I'm taking this step to grow in my relationship with you. And I'm going to believe that, like the Bible says, that before, your day, before there was one day ever lived for you, they were all appointed by the Lord. And I remember totally going out. through a season of depression in my life um, while serving in ministry. Mm-hmm. And the Lord brought me through this season to teach me that I didn't trust in him. And he told me, you teach people how to trust in me, but you don't trust in me. And I'll never forget, I was in a leadership meeting on Tuesday mornings. We have leadership. Um, pastor Raul wasn't here. He asked another pastor to speak, Manny, actually, to speak. And Manny said, you know what, I, This the Lord changed my message as I just walked up here. And he shared out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But he said, he just asked a question. He said, do you really trust God? I don't remember any of the message. The Lord took me alone with him the rest of the time. And I was like, man, Lord, I don't trust in you. And so he began to teach me about his providence, which means like all my days, all my life is planned out for me. Every ministry opportunity, every place of service for him, every opportunity, every child, whatever, it's all planned out. So what that, if that is true, if that doctrine is true, mm-hmm. if God is true, if he is provident, then all I, then all I have to do is is simply enjoy a relationship with Him, and His Spirit will lead me into every opportunity.
2: Unbelievable. That's amazing. It says, trust in the Lord. In the Lord and yeah. it says this, and lean not on your own understanding. You got to get this picture, and the word yeah. lean literally means like, if you're holding yourself up on something. And I remember Dale telling me this, he was Pastor assistant, and he's like, look, Sean, because sometimes you want to help a lot of people, But you can do them a disservice when you have them leaning upon you too much because you're not always going to be there. Hey, you might die. God might take you home. Mm. Um, You might not be there. You might be out of town or whatever. You get them to a place where they can lean upon the Lord. That's going to be the biggest strength. And this goes to leaders and all that kind of stuff. Your hope cannot be in a person you need to always lean and trust upon the lord because he will never leave us he will never forsake us he will go he will be with us through these times and bouts of loneliness oppression people have done us wrong and times of victory and times of testing and times of t- temptation the lord is going to be with us and as by his holy spirit he says he will never leave us as orphans he will lead god and direct us into all truth and his word has given us hope
0: and how can you keep going back to his word unless you're in it? Like Christina was saying every day she's in it. She Mm. reads it. You can't take on depression by yourself. You can't take on suicide. You can't take on life because Mm. life gets crazy it's like a roller coaster, ups, downs, all arounds, literally can get you spinning sometimes and make you want to throw up. Mm. It's crazy, but we have to know the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice. We can't lean on our own understanding because those that under, own understanding, those thoughts, could be coming from the enemy. Sure. And that's how you get yourself in that situation. So the Word of God, the voice of God is in the Bible. It's crucial that we're constantly reading, praying, listening to studies, listening to worship. You've got to take time for God or else you are going to be depressed. You are going to be suicidal. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have all these things.
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I remember going through the worst the first time. I uh, went through depression and suicide attempt like I remember and I just took it out of storage yesterday like the Bible that I had during that time and like and like I just was just holding it I'm like man Lord like that time was so sweet I had I was so broken I was so jacked up but that was the sweetest time in my life there's this word in, in Jeremiah 2 that he basically, the Lord is rebuking the nation of Israel from departing from him. And he says to him in Jeremiah 2 He says, I remember you when you went after me in the wilderness in the land not sown. And the Lord's like, I remember you when life was, when you had nothing and all you had was me. And the Lord in my life has brought me back to those times where it's like, because life can become about ministry, life can become about family, life can become about meeting other people's needs, but it's like, there's a reason why the Lord said in the, and when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, like, get your daily manna, don't gather tomorrow's manna today, because, like, you got to get your daily bread, you know, day in and day out, and like, that sweetness of relationship, and as life has gone on, as I'm a husband, and I have children now like that I know like I have to fight for that time with the Lord because my life literally <laughs> my life depends yeah, it on depends
0: it depends on it
1: yeah yep. and you guys you know I know that's oftentimes within our culture today we have the tendency to put people up on pedestals mm-hmm. you know people that have great following you know yeah. people that say fancy words and wear the right clothes and publish the right books and one of the things that god has brought me through in this season um was the simple fact that i had a spiritual father in my life fail me miserably and i remember three months ago when everything first happened um i remember having a week where i just felt very lost Mm -hmm. and just saying god this spiritual father in my life was someone i looked up to was well known around the world and this fall, like, I don't know if I who I can trust anymore. I don't know, you know, this is like the second spiritual father in a year, like pastor in my life. And I remember walking into my mom's Korean church. I love my mom's Korean church. And the Lord, as I just sat in the back and I was looking at worship, you know, and I was, as a, as a pastor started teaching, the pastor's name is also Ryan, this godly Korean man. And I just remember the Lord just began to bring these moments back in my life and these scriptures back into my life of key moments that I had with him of just of who I know to who, of who I know God to be, not because of what someone told me, not because of what I learned in Sunday school, but because I had encountered God personally Mm. in my life through his word moments, you know, like Mm. where I was suicidal and God came through moments where You know, I was broken and God healed me. These moments with the Lord. And I remember God so clearly speaking to me and saying, Christina, do not allow someone's fall or someone's mistakes to determine your view of me or your love of me or your trust in me. And I remember going home that day and I was like on my face in my room and I had to repent before the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry for putting someone up on a pedestal in my life. That when they fell i felt lost and god just began to remind me that leaders might fall in someone's life it might be some like a, a figure you might have looked up to in the media might have committed suicide someone that you looked up to might have abused their authority in your life like what happened with me someone in your life might have abandoned you or bailed on you and when you look at the life of david and saul <laughs> saul was a man that david looked up to he was a man that you know he was his armor bearer you know david was saul's armor bearer and then a few years later saul is now hunting him down but from the beginning of time when god called david back when he was a shepherd boy in the fields that was where God encountered him through Samuel and anointed him as the king of Israel. And I think God God often brings us back to those moments when we first encounter him and meet him, when we are like our own shepherds, like in the fields, just hanging out with him, the simplicity. And he says, remember when I called you. So even when the Saul's in your life fail you, even when people disappoint you, you know who I am, that I never fall and I never fail you. And those are the things that had... That has kept me to keep going where I no longer I learned from that this season that I can't put people up on a pedestal that I can't put people in a place of perfection that I can't put people in a place of they will never fail. They will never fail me because I literally remember seeing this experiencing this whole thing and saying, Lord, well, if this happened, is this going to happen to me one day? Should I just accept that this is going to be my fate? Because a lot of people are saying that right now when they hear of people that have committed suicide. Well, if they committed suicide and they're this big spiritual person, then is that going to happen to me? I might as well just accept that this is my fate. But I remember coming to a moment with the Lord where I said, God, you are the father of my life you are my father you are my king you are my friend you are my counselor you are everything to me so people could fall and fail but you never will and that's the point that david got to with the lord that even when the person that had raised him up that now went after him and tried to kill him his faith was still in the lord and i think that's what made him an amazing king
0: that's amazing (laughs) yeah and i would like to say that to what you just said you know, people may be looking at what's going on in the culture because we do see spiritual leaders, mm. and they, you know, they take their lives and they sleep with someone that's not their wife, or all these these different things. Um, no, that doesn't have to be your fate. Um, God has come to make us a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ. If you put Him first, and like uh, uh, um, I was gonna. Um, um, Wade, I was going to call you O'Neill. Wade O'Neill was talking about you head to the cross daily and get rid of the pride in our lives. God is faithful and just to transform us in every aspect of our life. And it just comes down to surrender, like I think we were talking about earlier in the show. We just got to continue to surrender and say, God, my life is in your hands whatever you want to do in my life and he is faithful he'll never leave us when you were in that dark moment he, he was there you you told me you go even when I was fetus positioned on the in the bathroom floor I said well did it feel like God left you and you go no he was there mm-hmm. he was he was there speaking to me and you yeah. when you were in that 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 situation mm-hmm. in those dark times even though you were hearing things mm-hmm. but God God was there and
3: yeah, the Lord goes to like great lengths. In my life, yeah. to like make sure that I don't have my eyes on people. And he's done so many different things in my life from uh, parents. To, like, there's not one person that I love in my life that hasn't let me down. Mm-hmm. And that's not their fault. Yeah. They're people, right? Yes. And I always think of like this verse in Jeremiah says Woe to him who puts confidence in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. And if I'm honest with myself, there's times where I have my why, my 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 mind and my eyes on people, and like in that, like there's a little bit of an idol- idolatry thing going on. Like mm-hmm. my heart is not completely like sold out to like the Lord on that moment. But he he also goes on to say that like, but happy is the man, blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, and he he will, he'll never fall. He'll he'll prosper, and the Lord loves us like so much to like let people fail us mm-hmm. and to like let our eyes get off of people mm-hmm. um, because then he even a few verses later he says that our heart is deceitful above all things who can know it he says I the Lord know that know your heart mm-hmm. I search your mind and the problem is like we don't know mm-hmm. we don't know our hearts we don't know our minds. so the Lord like allows us to go through these things or it's like we got to come to this place like man Lord I'm so sorry mm-hmm. Like, my love for this person is so genuine, but forgive me for, like, loving them incorrectly, maybe, or, like, putting my eyes on them. And the Lord is gracious in those times because he, like, he knows that, like, like, he, like, we long to be loved and to love in return. That's what we were created for, right? That's why we were created to be loved by God and to love him in return. And when that love, when love is not reciprocated, we hurt. And we have a hard time with that, and so, but God, in His sovereignty, like, like Christina's message is deeper now. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. profound, mm-hmm. and say so you can say like, get your eyes off of people, and that could be a cliche thing, or no, it could be like a really real thing. Like, look, I've been there, you know. And the Lord does that consistently in my life. It Shows me in it's in His grace. He shows me like, I think my weaknesses, so I don't put like like unhealthy expectations on people but at the same time like if there's a if there is a spiritual leader here a pastor a person in ministry like understand like the influence you have in people's life and be wise enough to be transparent with someone close in your life before you like ruin and hurt other people
2: you know I know um, a lot of things have been discussed in, the, in these these couple sessions um, but one, one thing I wanna I wanna leave with the audience is is this, your life is very valuable. So valuable that Christ went to the cross to die for your sins, that you could experience the reason for which you were created for. David in Psalm one thirty nine is one of my favorite, where he says, "Lord, can't run from you. You know everything about me, you know all my thoughts." And he also says that you know the days fashioned before me, before there was one day. You know my lifespan. So, God knew the day I would take my first breath when I was in my mother's womb, and He knows when I will take my last. And it's not for me to take into my own hand to depict when that last day is going to be. It is only the Lord. My life is very valuable. We said, we mentioned earlier, being a passion leader, we've seen this on many aspects. I've seen people die of overdoses, I've seen people commit suicide. I have walked through with families that have suffered the loss greatly. And I can tell you this that those families that have hurt so much would do anything that they could to have that life back because their life is very valuable. So don't believe the lie of the enemy that your life doesn't matter, your time is over, no one's going to miss you, it would be better if you were not here. That's a lie of the enemy. It's a lie of the enemy. And also my, my exhortation would be this, be present in people's life. Hmm. Be present. If you're a parent, you better be present in your children's life. They're being bombarded with so much information, with so much media. They're growing up in a different world. Be present in your parents' life. doesn't matter if they're young or old. They go through bouts of depression. They go through pressures in their own life. Yep. Be present. Take the relationships that you have in your life. very. It, look at them as very important and don't take them for granted hmm.
0: we did two shows so if you're listening to this show go back to our app the whosoever's it's on the uh, app store download it it's free you could watch the show um, it's going to be the, the first part to this show and we really the first show is a whole different mm. show you need to watch the two shows together to make one show uh, a complete show uh, Christina thank you wade thank you mr mckeon thank you um keep us in prayer because what the whosoever's movement does is we tour public high schools uh christina is one of our ambassadors now she's speaking there sharing her story i'm sharing my story the gospel and we are in front of these students that are there it's saying that we're depressed we're suicidal we have anxiety what do we do and we're bringing them the good news so we love you guys Praying for you, your family. Um, you know, if someone, if you see someone going through some stuff, just go and love them. Be there for them, like Wade said in the last two shows. You don't have to understand. You don't even have to see it to understand. Just be there and available and let them know that you love them and that you're there for whatever they need. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show.